Hi guys, welcome to the Last Set Podcast. Now, before we begin the podcast today, I have a couple of quick announcements to make. Uh, what this podcast used to be a partnership between me and Jack is no longer. It is now just a solo run. Now, for the time being, we've been running this podcast now for well over a year. Uh, all I can say is that I wish Jack all the best now. From now on, it will be a solo run. I am now currently renting out the Hen House Studio. Uh, until I get some more equipment uh, for my place. And for the time being, we're just going to have more of these. But they say, you know, everything happens for a reason. And honestly, I like to believe that the reason the where I am right now is the fact that I get to rent out the studio and not have one but two guests on at once. So, Vince, Keisha, how are we doing, guys? Good, and yourself? Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally, finally got to have you guys on because... I'm pretty sure since I started this podcast, like, well over a year in my mate's place, like, we always talked about having you on. I mean, I always talked at least having you on. I mean, I talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> you would not stop talking about and it. <laughs> <laughs> it was always, it was meant to be. So, when when my mate, so I'll give a little bit of background, like, um, when Jack told me that, hey, man, um, I don't want to keep doing this, I was like, that's okay, man, look, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. I found obviously this place and I was like oh great now I can have you guys both on and all that because if it didn't if that didn't happen probably we'd be waiting a lot longer so well all things happen for a reason like you said yeah yeah so this is is this your first time ever doing something like this isn't it uh no I've I've only done like one or two things okay not, it's not my like, first time yeah. but I've done it a couple times oh so you've been on podcasts before probably more of a radio station than a podcast so Podcast, first time. Yes. Okay. Okay. And Keisha? Yes. First time podcast. Oh, cool. So, for obviously, you guys have been, you know, obviously a big influence on me and my training and working and all that. So, really, it's just like for the people who are listening and just, just get a little bit of background of like of into who you guys are, starting with Vince, man. <laughs> okay. Well, as uh, you know, Joe. I am your manager <laughs> at the UFC gym, so um, I do that. Uh, coming from America, obviously uh, living in Australia now, the last four years it's been. So, mm. um, yeah, you know, I'm just a fitness manager at the gym and run our own personal training business as well, myself and Keisha. So, um, yeah, that's a bit about me and what I'm doing at the moment. Mm. And, and Keisha, Keisha, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born here, but I grew up in the Seychelles. Um, I moved here five years ago. And, um, yeah, so I was studying. And then, obviously, like, you know, I've been at the UFC gym for the last three years. was recently um, the reception manager. They moved into more of my business. So I've been taking my online my clients in person. Before, it was mostly online. So, yeah, I'm venturing in that way. And then, as you already know, um, I compete in bodybuilding competitions. So that's a bit of me. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys brought that up because that was actually what a list of the whole questions that I had to ask about because you guys have, have a background in competing. Uh, Keisha, you were Miss Bikini overall last year in ICN. And right. Vince, you had competed as well extensively in physique competition as well. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm not the big real deal like Keisha but <laughs> I get up there and flex my muscles <laughs> well that's the thing because personally for someone such as myself growing up I never actually you know I always like dreamed you know 
doing something and going on stage like that. But because of when you actually get into the fitness industry and you understand what goes into, you know, getting up there and you understand things about the politics, it kind of like steered me away from all of it. Now, when did you guys first start competing? Um, well, for me, it was what, back in I think 2017 was the first time when mm. I was back in America. So I am as a competitive person mm-hmm. playing football, mm-hmm. which we'll just call it gridiron for Ooh. people out there. I know. We definitely got some yes. American viewers. So don't worry. <laughs> but my football, which is gridiron, you know, I played 20 plus years. So once that kind of finished up, I needed to challenge and find something to compete with myself. So, you know, bodybuilding, individual type of sport. As you mentioned, a bit of politics, but I think at the end of the day, you kind of make it what you make it. And as long as you see the progress and, you know, what you put in and what you get out of it, um, I think that's all that matters. But yeah, first one was 2017, a couple shows with NPC. So it's the National Physique Competition in America. What does NPC stand for? Uh, Yeah, the National Physique. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's part of you know there's ifbb yeah so in america you compete in npc you get first place you go to junior nationals at nationals i believe you have to get first or second to get your pro card okay so then you're an ifbb pro okay so i was uh it's not like icn so it's not a natural federation so um yeah i did my best i did come out what fourth and fifth okay um in two shows um probably being one of the only natural competitors up there. <laughs> so um, good experience, though. Like I said, it's it's something you want to win, but you got to realize, like, you got whoever looks the best on the day. Just there's a lot that goes into it. So posing, stage presence, all that. So, yeah, good experience, but I love it out here now Yeah, with the okay. Federation. Fair enough. So, Keisha, have you also competed in America? Have you? No, no, I did not compete in America. First comp was in 2019 here with um, ICN. So that's um, I Compete Natural, so it's a natural federation. Okay. So for someone, you know, obviously, you know, never competed in all that, there's multiple organizations, there's natural, unnatural, and now in Australia we've got a whole bunch like how do you guys know which one to compete in here over in Perth, especially someone such as yourself? Well, um, I was trying to look for a federation that to start off. So um, with ICN, a lot of people around were competing in that federation. It's well known. And as Vince had at that experience before, um, he kind of guided me as well, maybe sticking to a federation to start off where you're competing natural, not against people that are probably taking whatever it is um mm. nothing against that but yeah it okay. was um i was just it was my first time it was more for an experience so yeah i kind of leaned towards that okay because leading up to it you know icn obviously it's very popular it's got a whole bunch of people going into it you know there's different ro- federations different rules different categories like and when we talk about natural and unnatural leading up to the icn were you ever tested at all or no. you tested on the day? No, I was not tested. That's interesting. So how do they know if it's natural or not natural? Well, um, if you do um, win overall or you go to nationals, yeah. then you are tested. Because oh. then it's more competitive and you're win- um, trying to compete for a pro status. Okay. So they would, um, obviously. And the thing is, you need to be because you never know. They might just pull you at the side after a comp and tell you, hey, we need to test you. 
Yeah. Cut, <laughs> so you don't want to yeah. It, yeah. Have you ever been tested before, Vince? I mean, surely when you were competing in uh, college ball, you must have been um, tested at some point and all that. Yeah, well, I mean, haven't been tested for bodybuilding yet. Oh, okay. Um, because, like I said, in America, it wasn't a natural federation. And out here, I'm not, you know, I've competed a few times, but haven't gotten a first place or anything mm-hmm. like that or gone to nationals where I've won and they needed to. Mm-hmm. So in regards to, yes, playing college football in America, um, they definitely did random drug tests. Luckily, I was not chosen a few times. Were, were you <laughs> ever like had one of those random drug tests where they just knock on your door in the middle of the night and just demand? Is that true that they still do that? No, it wasn't like that. It would just be random, though. Random. Okay. And yeah, they would choose people who may have had uh, done a test and failed before just to make sure, but... It was random. My first two years, I was good. Yeah. And okay. then after that, um, I only actually it was one my junior year anyways, or senior year. Okay. Um, I was tested, but I was good. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. So now, Keisha, you compete in bikini. Vince, you do physique. Now you guys have been doing it for some time. You guys both at one point did a competition together, yes? Yes, correct. And what was that like? Like, walk me through the process. Like, what did you guys have to do? Especially when you got two people competing at once. <laughs> well, um, I feel that I took it well. Vince was the one that was more grumpy, moody, and hungry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was very interesting. It was nice to have your partner um, prepping with you because then you both are there for each other, um, um, motivating and understanding how one's feeling. Um, it's not easy. Sometimes there are days you just feel all like you don't want to do anything, but just having that person tell you, come on, keep going, and you see them as well changing, it pushes you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was very interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, doing it at the same time, I was more disciplined, I would say. When I competed in America, I probably uh, snuck a couple of Reese's peanut butter cups no, in I here don't there. I don't, I don't blame <laughs> you, I swear <laughs> to God. like no. oh, So good. When I was introduced to those things, when I was in like year 12 of high school, like because peanut butter is like hands down one of the best things in the world. And then you add peanut butter and chocolate and then you look at it and America's got like a whole bunch of stuff. Like some countries have like their own personal cultural dishes, you know, Chinese have got their own food, Japanese have got their own food, English people, you know, such as ourselves, we got Yorkshire puddings and gravy. In America, they just got heaps and heaps of refined sugars. (laughs) (laughs) It's just <laughs> the Reese's is the best, yeah. but not too close to jumping on stage. But still, whether it's before you jump on or 12 weeks out, it makes the difference. Mm-hmm. So definitely doing it with her made it, you know, made me look the best I've looked mm-hmm. because pushing myself more, kind of like she was saying, keeping each other on track, um, keeping each other sane because it's not easy one bit. I mean, as you know, you're taking your body to a level you shouldn't be living at yeah. in a sense you don't want to live like that so mentally it catches up at times so yeah it yeah. was always strange for me because like obviously people who compete in it they're, they're, they're health freaks you know we care about training all the time we care about dieting all the time but we get to a point where we're actually producing the most unhealthy image at all like aesthetically it's the best but in terms of health wise you're pretty much knocking on death's door and I know that the situations are different. Keisha, what's the body fat percentage you have to get down to, to com- when you're competing in Kikini? 
Well, it depends. Last comp, I was probably around 10 mm-hmm. or less. I got down pretty low. It really depends um, division-wise as well. Um, some, like ICN, they're not really specifically so crazy as stage lean like in my um like bikini you don't have to be so lean it's more about shape and being being tone um definition yes and having that balance symmetry so it really depends um which divisions you're going to but yeah you do get pretty low okay yeah interesting so ten, roughly 10 percent yeah. mostly okay and then vince like obviously what did you have to get down to was it like four or five or something along those lines I think the lowest I was was. I think it was six or seven. Yeah. Six, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, for me, when I did the competition here, they actually mentioned I was a little too lean. Yeah. Oh. So I didn't have enough necessarily like How's muscle that? size. How's that a thing? Like, like I didn't think because obviously I thought would you when when you're competing physique you obviously want to be as as lean as you can. Huh? Yeah, but. Similar, like she said, like with your symmetry and, mm. and everything, you know, the V taper, mm. broad shoulders, everything. Not that it's not there. It's just, once again, a bit more muscle and size. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You know, I'm a bit smaller of a person, so you need to put more muscle on mm. and not get too lean. Mm-hmm. So it's just finding that right balance. But I think I w- the most I've done, too, is about 5%. Okay. So, so like death. <laughs> Of some of the bodybuilders, you know, the coaches I've talked to, like, you know, when you, tr- how do you transition out of going from like the leanest you've ever been to like natural? Because obviously for someone who's, you know, you're down that low, you can't just go out and eat a shitload of food. Obviously there's got to be a way of putting back on that, um, back on that size. Like how do you do it healthily? Um, that would be a reverse diet. Okay. So, so obviously, walk into that. yeah. So obviously you'd reduce your calories while you're, um, um, increase your calories while you reduce your cardio mm. slowly. So you do that gradually where your body gets back to its maintenance from in your maintenance. Then obviously you start building. Some people go a little over their maintenance calories to build and some people stay within it really depends on the body and things, but yes, you do it just like that. So um, when you're prepping, you're um, going really low with your calories. You're in a deficit and then your cardio is high. So the whole thing is when you're reversing is slowly reducing that cardio that you're not feeling you're doing such so ma- like so much. And while you're doing that, just bringing back the calories to hit back to your maintenance where it's healthy. Okay. So how long does roughly that process take? Well, it really depends. Um, like my first comp, it took me quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, even for my second one, I was comp- um, I was going to prep for the April um, season and um, obviously COVID struck and then I kept prepping all the way till the end of the year. So I was in a really long prep. So it took me quite some time for me to get back there. So some people take like a few weeks, like six, eight weeks. Some people take months. Yeah, it really just depends. Oh. So you were still like trying to prep throughout COVID. Yes. How did you manage that? Uh, <laughs> just kept going. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> like when COVID struck, I mean, we were all quite surprised. I remember, <laughs> I remember right, we had a good time with the Zoom calls and all that during the break. <laughs> <laughs> yes, your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell the story out there for people listening. So uh, everyone knows how the standard of you know interviewing people is Zoom. That's exactly how I did most of my interviews as well. Uh, what would happen was Vince would call up all the trainers and on Zoom, you'd have a choice of that background. So what I would do was I would get that picture that was going around during quarantine of that black dude hanging off the side of the bed. 
Yes. With his, <laughs> with his dick out. Yes. And then... <laughs> And then I would actually put that as the background <laughs> in my group chat. And then I remember opening it up and then one of the, uh, I think it was Yui, she was just like freaking out, like, oh my God, who is that man yeah. behind you? She thought it was actually someone there. Yeah, well, that's the funny thing. So it's weird to drop this knowledge right now, but the story behind that was that was actually a man who was apparently like a porn star from the 90s. And then someone just got a hold of it. And then uh, everyone was like claiming, was that natural? Is this natural? Who is this guy? And then they found out he actually passed away because all the dr- apparently someone told me all the drugs he was taking to actually maintain that size. Like, wow. it is not healthy. Anyway, that's just a little bit wow. of fact for you. Yep. So, obviously, you guys, how long have you two been together for now? It'll be four years in January. Four years in January. So, obviously, it's not too much to ask. Like, what's the story of how you two met? Well... <clears throat> As long as everyone's listening, you know, here's some pointers. So <laughs> I actually asked her out for lunch, you know, not dinner or anything like that on the weekend, just a weekday. Asked her out to go to lunch, right? Um, what is it, the Avery? Yes, the in the Avery. city. Um, so went to lunch. Uh, I actually, okay, let's back up, rewind. <laughs> I s- just moved out here, back out here from America. Mm. I was living down south. Didn't know many people, so just on Instagram, you know, you see people you may know or who's friends with who, and you know what pops up. It's like your phone knows you, mm-hmm. which is a good thing sometimes. So I just DM'd her. I slid into the DMs. <laughs> yes, right? did. We'll put it wow. out there. I slid into the DMs, all right, on Instagram. So wow. if you want to say, I did it through an app, yes, I did, you know? <laughs> Well, but that's the way to go these know. days. I mean, pretty yeah. much everyone's online. Like, it's it's... Not uncommon these days for someone to tell me, oh, how did you meet your partner? Oh, Tinder or Hinge or Bumble or whatever even the other apps are. Or it's well, Instagram for me, so. Yeah, they, they thank, <laughs> thank Instagram for that one. And then, Keisha, how did you take that? Uh, I just, yeah, I also answered. And then he turned around, like, through the conversation. He's like, oh, can I just ask you a serious question? I was like, oh, God, we just started talking. What is it now? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, oh, what would you say if I take you out for lunch? And I was like, oh, wow, this is the first. Because normally, like he said, you get asked to go out, and then, you know, when you're going out clubbing, it ends up to something bad. But, yeah, he was the first person who asked for me to go out at um, like during the day for lunch. Mm. So, yeah. And then uh, never look back. So this was – now, at the time of this – you just came here from America, correct? Yes. Now, obviously, the t- you told me the story was that did you get asked to come over here and manage with the UFC gym whilst you were in America? Yeah, so the owners I met while I was working at the UFC gym in California. <coughs> I was telling them how I lived in Perth before for a year because I played gridiron out here mm-hmm. for the, the state of WA. And uh, met the owner, said I lived in Perth. They were looking at me like I was crazy, like, Perth, obviously, because it's so small. Mm. Um, but yeah, once that happened, exchanged details. They messaged me on Facebook, said they were still doing the gym, and uh, we just found a way for me to get over here. So the the gridiron team actually flew me back over, um, and then from there, met back with uh, one of the owners, and we found out a way for me to get a visa to then start helping open the gym and manage. Now, was this before or after you two guys had met? 
So I was doing this before I met her. Oh. And then why, when I met her was when we were still figuring out the visa status, okay. how I would stay. Because I only came over on a tourist visa. Yeah. Um, to go from a tourist visa to get a residential visa, it's a fucking oh yeah. nightmare. I just did the, the what was it, the student visa. Yeah, that's right, so yeah. student visa, just did study, to, got a diploma. But once all that happened, then I was good. Now I'm on a work training visa. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. how it all happened. But it all happened before I did meet her. And then just went from there, really. Yeah, fair, <laughs> enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Now... Uh, whilst you were there over in uh, in America, because you were working in the UFC gym in America and all that, and you came over here, uh, uh, what was the situation like? Because obviously with the UFC gym, I want to tell everybody is like, oh, why isn't there one south of the river? Why isn't this one another place? And the answer I just give to everyone is, oh, well, do you know how there's white, you know, the Shaolin Temple, right? And they go, yeah, well, you notice how there's only one Shaolin Temple and you go to the Shaolin Temple, the Shaolin Temple doesn't come to you. Nice. That's pretty much the answer I just give up everyone. And, you know, in this day and age, you know, we've got so many gyms these days. They're popping up everywhere. And coming out of COVID, we had a situation, you know, obviously it was rough for everybody, especially us, especially also trainers, especially owners of gyms. But uh, over in America, it's like so much worse than all that. Do you? Do you know what the situation like is back at home for you right now with COVID? Are they still wearing masks? Are they out? What's oh, the back in America, man, it's like nothing's happening as much. Like the gym's back open. It was a slow, like they were closed probably a bit more than we were. Mm-hmm. But um, they slowly opened up with you have to wear a mask. But they were also, everything was outside. And then it was move inside, have a mask. Now I think it's, you know, depends on the state law. You know, if you don't need a mask, then you don't have to wear one. Mm. So, but I'm not sure how th- it's always, you know, now you're hearing kind of like similar here in order to work in certain places there, you have to have the the vaccine. Mm. So it just depends, but it's very relaxed. They're opening tons of gyms, UFC gyms to be specific. So mm. it seems to be fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still keep in contact with anyone back there? Uh, just not like. As far as with like within the fitness side of things, or just just like you know, people just in America in general, like you got family uh, back there in California, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. mainly just you know, mom, sister, dad, couple friends, you know, mm-hmm. through social media, or sometimes get that uh, FaceTime here and there with certain friends, like college teammates or things like that that you were close or lived with. So, but other than that, mainly just my my parents and my sister. So. Well, then, cool. Yeah. Now, Keisha, you with the island you grew up in, you came over here all the whole time with your family. Yes. Uh, what was the situation like when you got here? Like, uh, how did you get to pretty much where you are right now, working in UFC gym? Okay, so um, obviously UFC gym, it was because of Vince. Oh, okay. Um, so yes. tell me the story. So when this. I um, <laughs> was it like, hey, do you want a job? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I graduated um, with my hospitality management degree, I got offered a job at a um, hotel. And I wasn't really happy there, um, just doing a lot of work for so little. So then he told me, um, well, he'll have a seat, like, see if anything's available. And he helped me get an interview and I took uh, an interview. And then since then, um, I've started working there and I've always been there. Yeah. Okay. That's that's pretty much. So now, obviously, we're all coaches here. Now I can sort of move in because now we've got all the background done. I can sort of, like, move into, like, 
nutrition and training questions that we can all yes. talk about. Right? So we're going down like that route. Uh, now, Keisha, someone for such as yourself first, you have recently just gained your accreditation in uh, some, was it something to do nutrition? And Vince, I remember last year you told me you gained an accreditation in sports performance. Yes. Yes. Yes, All right, can correct. you just explain to them what they are so the viewers know we're not talking shit? Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> so mine's um, Precision Nutrition. Okay. So that was a certification in nutrition. I did that because I wanted more of knowledge and learning more about nutrition. So mm. I went through that. As for his, I think Aprisha was with NASM. Yeah, mine's it's just like, a, like an extra specialization. So uh, Performance Enhancement Specialist uh, sounds a bit you know sketchy <laughs> but <laughs> it's sports performance okay so like a just basically a, a sp- specialization explaining how to work with all types of athletes um working with you know anything from you know 8 16 24 week programs off season rehabilitation so including like how to use your corrective exercise qualification with it mm-hmm for athletes in the off season and even during season. So, okay. Yeah. So I remember you telling me when you came over here, you already had a qualification over in America, correct? Yes. And what, what qualification was that? So that's NASM. So that's Nas- oh. national Academy of sports medicine. Is NASM not accredited here in Australia or um, it, it's yes. So it's recognized, right? Cause okay. it's part, it's under the Commonwealth. NASM's okay. yeah. recognized and Australia is under the Commonwealth. So the the certification gives us that security, you know, for liability, whatever, if people want to say we don't have a qualification. Um, but oddly, certain fitness schools won't recognize my personal training cert. Okay. You know what I mean? When it comes to them having work experience, people come and do their stuff with me. Mm-hmm. It's not allowed. It has to be with, you know, which is some of our coaches we have, you know, whether it's yourself or, you know, Kevin, who we have there, which is good. We have coaches that can do that. But it's just strange because it's recognized, but it's not at the same time. So. Yeah, it's to clear up on that, the it's, it is uh, strange because the fact that recently I just had a student obviously working under me and in order for him to get his hours, he has to, I have to have a sports science degree, apparently according to his rules, which is which doesn't make any sense because there's a whole bunch of more qualified personal trainers out there in Perth, much, much more, I would say, uh, profound in knowledge because based on their experience than I am. And yet they're not allowed to coach, obviously, someone such as Josh just because the fact that they don't have a certification. Yeah. And that's just one thing I thought always thought was strange. But then again, a certification is proof that you're eligible to do something. But then I never really see it as like a merit of over someone else. You yeah, know, really, it's based on results. Anyway, true. so to bring into now the sports science and the sorry sports nutrition side of things. So you guys all have a company together called Impulse Performance. Correct. Say so it again. How, tell me, guys, how did you come up with that name? Impulse Performance. So <laughs> I'll take it from here. <laughs> so <laughs> you know. You know when there's just that thing, you know, <laughs> that thing that gives you an impulse to do something. For us, health and fitness is like, you know, we have that impulse to whether it's live, be, give. That's our thing. Health yeah. and fitness, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that impulse to, to do it. I mean, an impulse to be motivated, anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've also said performance because we don't want to 
you know, performance could be a broad range of things, right? It could be sports. It could be um, any type of, you know, regular lifestyle performance uh, people want to live by. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping it simple, impulse performance, there you go. Mm. And your only limit to you. So if you think about it, right, if you don't get that impulse to do something to make yourself better than you were the day before, you know, then the only thing holding you back is yourself. Mm. So, Fair enough, fair enough. If you have an urge to do something. One thing that always bothers me the most is, is that people always have this thought that as humans we're supposed to have this idea, idea that we're supposed to feel something before we do it. That's yeah. one thing that has always felt uh, rather than, you know, just taking that first step and all that. If you want to do it, maybe you shouldn't have to wait for anything. You may as well just go ahead with it because it's always usually the first step that's the hardest. Um, now, obviously, you guys manage a whole bunch of clients under your name. Uh, you've got a fair amount. You go in person. Keisha yeah. was done recently in person. And that's a whole bunch online. Uh, how do you guys like make time for all that? Like, what's a typical schedule like for you to do all that scheduling for your clients? Um, well, <laughs> a schedule. <laughs> uh, during the week, it is pretty busy. Um, catching up on clients, like updates and things, are normally done during the weekend, which does take a lot of our time. Um, we love it, yes, and sometimes we do talk about how we need to priorita- prioritize time a bit better, be more efficient. But yeah, it is time consuming. Yeah, I mean, and yes, we try to prepare. So normal week for us, we're always up early, um, whether it's doing classes for the gym, you know, for my role as a manager or her, she still does the, the one or two reception shifts um, in the mornings. And then whether we also have clients, um, it's a thing of, yeah, just also leaving time for ourselves. That makes sense. Mm. So we kind of suss that out and then plan around it. So middle of the day, we try to just give ourselves three hours if possible Mm. to kind of, like she said, work on client updates, programs, work on our courses we're also doing at the moment or just keep on adding value to our business, content, things like that. Um, and then back at the gym, whether it's clients in person or, like I said, manager um, type of duties. And that's just, you know, Monday to Thursday, Friday, a bit more of a relaxed day. And then the weekend is, you know, a couple clients, Saturday, and then nothing. And Sunday's an off day. Mm-hmm. I think we all can agree Sunday's is always an off day. Uh, just to, to yes. get ready, just to get ready for the week, reset, replan, structure everything. Well, that's what I always tell. Like the best, I always say to myself and my clients, the best workouts you ever get really are the ones you take after the rest day. That's what I always tell because you know you take the day off, you refeed, refuel, get some sleep, come back the next day, you're all pretty much ready to go. You always get those people that just love to come in on Sunday, and they say to me, oh, "Joe, why isn't the gym open?" late on Sundays, I'm like, first of all, what kind of psycho yeah. <laughs> wants to come in late on a Sunday night just to train? I mean, pretty much where everyone's just at home. Anyway, uh, now, so one of the questions I first wanted to bring up, uh, it's, just, it's just what's going on right now in the industry and all those and things I definitely wanted to bring up. Hopefully you guys can give some insight, insights, Tom. Now, Vince, sorry, the first one's direct to you because in America you have Rice Krispie Treats. America. 
America yeah. <laughs> in Rice Krispie Treats. What, and maybe he should can give us my insight to this. What's this deal with everyone, like, you know, trying to, what does it get, you know, why, what's the deal with everyone having, consuming these pre-workout Rice Krispie Treats? Like, is there any actually benefit to it? It's intra-carbs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, well, they are pretty good. Yeah, they're, I mean, pr- they're good. And yeah. I think it's an American thing. It's like Reese's. Mm-hmm. Cups, you like Reese's cups? It's just refined yeah. sugars, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, rice Krispies are made out of rice. Has a bit of a uh, bit of sugars. Um, it helps through a workout, you know. Mm. So it's like that quick carb source w- while you're still having something nice. So why not? I think yeah. they turn like and they're really cheap as well. Yeah. So I thought when I saw Rice Krispie treats, I was like, "Do you mean LCMs?" They had a conversation with someone who's American, <laughs> not an offense, and they're like, what the hell is LCM? Oh, he wouldn't know I what LCM what, what is. LCM? It's, it's actually the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's at Woolies now. It's a little Rice Krispie treat as oh. well. Yeah, it's called LCM. But yeah. it's not a Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually had those Rice Krispie bars they have. They're actually incredibly thick they as can. well. Yeah. But you get the LCMs are much more longer and skinnier. And all. So, yeah, yeah. What do you expect, Americans? Everything bigger, go right? Big, go home. Yeah, go big, go home. Literally, big, go yeah. Home. <laughs> anyway, um, now, uh, next question also I wanted to ask you. Uh, what supplements do you guys usually take? Um, well, from the basic protein, so, you know, yeah, protein powder. Protein. Uh, we do take our, you know, multivitamin um, and creatine, but not always creatine. You know, we'll do it for a few months, mm-hmm. go off it. Do that cycle type of thing. Pre workout. Uh, yeah. That's, that's pretty really that, Yeah. <coughs> and our greens, the super greens. Oh, yeah. That's super about it. The same thing. So, usually, like, pretty much, you know, the stand stuff and all that. Yeah. As you guys ever, like, um, you guys still with that? What was that company called? The one uh, that you were in America? No, it was, uh, not, it was here in Australia. Oh, oh okay. Rule one? Rule, no, no, not rule one. That's. <laughs> R3 That's what we had R3. Yeah, R3 protein R3 protein It was a guy who uh, Was an ICN pro here Okay Chad was his name Yes um, Nice guy He I think Started with his brother Who was a cyclist mm-hmm. uh, Yeah They only had a few You know Trying to make it as I think it was vegan Options and stuff A bit more natural mm-hmm. um, They just had protein Aminos, aminos. And Did they have Creatine or was it something else? Yes, they, they had did. something else. Yep. Um, so yeah, so yeah, kind of le- the reason why is because we only take those. You know what I mean? Protein, creatine, pre-workout. Yeah, aminos. We don't take aminos anymore. But uh, I've always questioned the uh, like the validity of like those aminos. Like, yeah. is it really like when they say intra-workout and they think to m- and I think to myself when I was learning in university, like, why does everyone consume amino acids during workouts? Are oh, so cool when actually. Your body synthesizes them naturally. The only times when the essential and the non-essential, and you can get the non-essential amino acids just by eating eggs. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. eat some food. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're Marketing. Said. That's why it's yeah. big. Marketing. Like, well, let's say on a typical like eating day for you guys, what's like a really good pre-workout individually you could recommend? You can go first, Keisha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my pre-workout is probably white potato. White um, potato. Yeah, beef mince. And then my pre-workout, like scoop for pre-workout that's it mm-hmm. yeah i keep it very basic um, minimum fat more carbs and protein as my pre-workout yeah for me it's yeah. uh kind of similar i mean if i if i do it right in the morning when i wake up i'll do a couple eggs like three eggs some toast simple protein 
carbs, a little bit of fat from the eggs. Um, sometimes if I, you know, leg day or something, I'll, I'll do some tacos, you know, so white corn, mm-hmm. tortilla, I'll do rice, chicken, lettuce, a little bit of cheese. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing right now. Okay. But if you want to suggest something for people, then kind of like Keisha was saying, you know, at least a, a carb that'll probably be, nah, it just depends how long you have before you work out, you know, either qu- quicker digesting or if you want a complex carb that's slower digesting like brown rice. But sometimes for people it's harder to digest. So, you know, white rice, white potato um, and a protein. But it just depends, you know, like some people can work out on an empty stomach. I, I mean, I'd suggest maybe at least a protein shake but Mm. if you can do it you can do it but it's not necessarily gonna hurt you unless you know you can't do it fasted so oh well for me like personally i have to consume at least something something before i go into working out it's just it has to be done even if it's like first thing in the morning i usually have a go two or three it's either you know uh, but obviously a couple of bananas because obviously quick digestion and yep. all that. You know, maybe I have a couple of bits, like a bits of white bread and all that because it's getting that sugars that comes in the white bread, and then all of the other well, the other thing being normally believe it or not, just some beetroots. What <laughs> about those croissants? <laughs> <laughs> I don't Chocolate. mind those croissants. <laughs> There's a certain way you're supposed to say it as well. It's like a French friend who's like, "Oh, dude, it's not said like that." <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's, there's a way of saying it. The French say it that drives them mad when white people say it as well. Yeah. Well, we see what you eat sometimes, Joe. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the beach, uh, <laughs> can't do that. So. Uh, uh, well, but everyone knows pretty much single handedly what I mean, especially on Saturdays when I walk in. And then everyone's like, oh, God, what's Joe's got now? <laughs> and, then, and then people literally get off the treadmill and they're like, fuck you, man. Why are you eating that stuff already? Well, I'm trying to work out. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the next point I wanted to bring you guys uh, into is in our line of training. Now, obviously, because you both guys, both of you guys compete different, have a, bit of, a little bit of different styles of training. Obviously, Keisha, you're competing for bikini and since yes. you're competing physique-wise. Um so, starting with Keisha, for someone who competes in bikini, sorry, competes in bikini, how does your training vary from just a gen- general population? Um, well, it's a lot of hypertrophy training, lots of reps, mm. um, and um, sometimes like sets. So you're spending a lot of time. Like a general, like one of our clients will probably want to get into the gym, be done an hour, and out. Um, get a good workout in as for when you're trying to prep it's a lot of time it's time consuming lots of reps mm-hmm. like um, it's trying to get your body to that leanness and things like that so a uh, lot of cardio mm-hmm. <laughs> you're there on the stairs for like sometimes a whole hour and then have to do cardio again so yeah it's very time consuming that's what I would say the difference is um, and then just with the training, um, working on specific um, body parts, um, so you're growing a certain way, like either your shoulders are growing to match the glutes and things like that. So it's very picky. Mm-hmm. I always say it's like an art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Vince, what about you, man? Like, what's your? If you could just actually, sorry, if Keisha, could you just run me through like your weekly training split real quick? Like, what do you do Monday? All Tuesday? right. So um, Mondays are probably like a. 
um, leg, uh, leg day. So that would be probably a glute to maybe hamstring focus. Then I'll have like a shoulder day on a Tuesday. Wednesday will probably be another leg day, maybe quads and hamstrings. Um, I'll have a back and bicep day. And then I'll have maybe triceps and shoulders again. Right now I'm only training five times a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, very minimum cardio, maybe just 20 minutes normal walking, okay. yeah. Okay, and then it's, let's say, you're two weeks out from competing. Yeah, How right. does what you've just told me then de- different to what you're doing now? All right, so it would probably be the same as in the muscle groups I'm training, but maybe, like I said, reps are different, um, sets are different. So maybe, like right now, it will be shorter sets and less reps, trying to get more strength, um, lift heavier. As for when you're prepping, you're, you try, like, uh, you try to keep... Um, aiming for high, like good um, weight, trying to lift heavy and still stay strong as much as you can, but it's just more reps. You get fatigued very quickly, um, and things like that. So yeah, that's would probably be the difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Vince, how about yourself? Like, how does your train typical training split go after the week? Uh, like from how does it change? Yeah, <laughs> like change. So let's say now, what's your typical training speed like Monday to Sunday? Compared to, you say, you're two weeks out from competing as well. How's it different? Uh, well, right now, I'm also five days a week, and it's similar muscle groups. So it could be, you know, chest, shoulders, arms, legs. Then I'll have back, triceps. Then I'll have legs, arms. So it's just muscle groups at the moment. Um, as you get into, you know, closer to being on stage, it still stays the same. Similar like Keisha will be a bit more reps, drop sets, you know what I mean? Just more volume. Um, and then cardio. Because right now I don't do cardio. At all? No, no. As long as I could get, you know, my steps in and I'm active as it is with my job and, you know, I'm with what I'm doing in my workouts, as long as the intensity is high, um, for me, that's how it is. And then actually, as you get closer, it will depend how much cardio I have to do. You know what I mean? If I'm looking for a certain weight to get to or a certain look, you know, if if you're not adding more to that training or taking, say, food away, then you just do more cardio. So that's how it would change as, as I get closer, I would say. Okay. Yeah. So leading up to that last week of competition, you know, what they have, like peak week, right? Pretty much, ideally, they call it. What's, like, your typical intake for that week? As in um, calories? Yeah, calories, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I'm pretty sure my last comp was, like, 1,700. Wait, wait. 1,500? Yeah. 1,500. Wow. Um, My last comp. And how how much do you normally... What's, like, your maintenance calories? Um, Right now, well, maintenance would be 2,1, 2,100. I was over that after because I was trying to build. um, So that was 2,300. Yeah, so dropped down to 15. Um, Peak week, maybe even a bit lower. Yeah, it was a bit lower. Um, So, yeah, and then it was just... Stick, sticking to my normal foods, foods that I'm used to, food, less bloating and things like that, that don't um, upset the stomach and just, um, yeah, sticking to that. And that's pretty much it. Don't do anything crazy. Less stress. Stress is a big factor when you're um, prepping. Mm. You want to minimize that. So, yeah. 
Vince? Yeah. What's what about for you? Like, what's your typical like maintenance calories, and what's it like for you the week of competition? Ah, uh, well, minus the Reese's pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I think maintenance just depends what weight I want to sit at. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I got a bit thick a few months back, as we all remember. <laughs> I was at about four thousand calories, literally a little over four thousand a day. Just felt lethargic though. It was hard to do. Oh, that's the thing. Like when you're consuming that yeah. much food and like binge eating and no card. I mean, okay, I was I was I was trying to do it healthily. Yeah, and I wasn't doing too much binge, but I did make it more enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Easier. Good, it's good that you brought that point up as well because like one of the biggest criticisms uh, for people that know me, how much I love to take the piss out of fitness influencers. Um, I love to take the piss out of people who are like, you know, so-called fitness gurus and no qualifications themselves to back them up. But the biggest criticism I've always had the fitness industry and big people in the fitness industry, especially in this day and age, people like glorify binge eating. I, I just want to throw my freaking phone out the window these days when I see people on YouTube and they're going, oh, 10,000 calorie challenge, like 8,000 calorie, 9,000 calorie challenge. I'm like, you're supposed to help people lose weight and make them feel better about themselves. Put your stuff in your face full of McDonald's and then you go and train and show off your six pack. It's just, it's so unhealthy. Uh, anyway, that's just a little small rant. Like I had to get off shoulders and all that oh, because, you know, yeah. Well, I won't lie. We've thought about it. What, did you guys think about doing one like that? Yeah, we yeah. actually thought about it. It's like I want. It wasn't because we wanted to eat junk. I wanted to know how. How can you do that? Yeah, if they if actually f- did. It. Yeah, and if you actually do consume that much, because it's just yeah, it's bizarre, and you can you're sick. You feel sick. Um, sometimes you go out like maybe a night out, and you eat out, and you have a few things, and then. You feel full. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I can't imagine trying to consume 10,000 calories in a sitting. Oh, <laughs> you've never heard of Nicardo Avocado, have you? What? No, 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 no you never heard of this guy. No. Oh, my God. It's it's crazy, guys. When you go out here, look him up on the way home. It's insane. So there was this dude. He was a violinist on YouTube and all that, and he was a vegan too, and he used to, like, post all these healthy eating foods and him playing the violin. And then, I don't know how it happened, but he just went off the fucking rails pretty much and it just, like, was doing insane amounts of food challenges and he put on like an insane amount of weight it's gotten to a point now where he has to use a ventilator to breathe oh my gosh. Like that's how that's how much it took him but here's why the problem is it's not him it's the public because people were watching his videos liking commenting subscribing he had millions of subscribers so we kept doing the yeah, freaking and video. that's why yeah <laughs> that's why people do hell. so yeah yeah that's uh, exactly why they do these challenges is because people are gonna watch it. We watched it. <laughs> Come <Yep>. on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and again, and again. So back to what we were saying. So yes. Vince, like, what's your calorie intake for the week of competition? Uh, week of well, see, like, calories at the lowest point. You know, at the start of that peak week, because then you start to, you carb know, up carb up again. Yeah. So your food will go up. But the lowest was what. I was under 2,000, I yeah. think, as well. Yeah, just under. Just under 2,000 mm-hmm. um, for my lowest, but, yeah. And then, like I said, you start carbon up, eating more, mm. as carbs, that is, once again, um, leading to the show. So a little under 2,000, the lowest, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. But now I'm around 3,500, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Last few questions just before we finish up because we're pretty much uh, stacked for time. Um, by the way, this was great. Obviously, guys, we 
definitely get you again. Yeah. So we now do an intro again. You know, I feel like I, I left out some things, but it's okay. Yeah. Well, that's the best <laughs> thing I'll about get, I'll get better at this. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You know, you can <laughs> do you know, whatever the fuck you maybe want. Maybe if I did this, this earlier, I'd be better. But then anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's not, you know, your fault, Joe. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's, call, let's call it one of many. One of many. You know one what I mean? Many. Like a check-in every few months or so. Joe Vincent Keyshot or that. Or like... Anyway, I'm good with that, you know. Nice. Oh, cool. Keep it, keep up, keep up to date. Um, so now that I wanted to ask one last, and it's the golden question. Now, Vince, this is probably what we brought you on here for, man. Sorry to sing you out, Keisha, but oh, Vince, in the gym, we have all known you as the TRX guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the dream. Here we go. <laughs> okay, on. so for someone who's a general population, okay. What is it about the TRX that you would argue is so, um, what's the, what's a great word? Effective for someone who's so trying to so versatile, so amazing. There, there we go. Here we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the genie's out the bottle now. So, what is it? Because you're the only trainer in the gym that has a TRX certification. Yes. So, for someone such as myself, you know. A, Went to university for three and a half years. They never bloody showed us what was so good about TRX and why you should use it. I barely even used one, actually, in my time training. I've used it a few times, maybe to do mountain climbers on or to do uh, pulls on. But for me personally, some of myself, I never really saw it as like an effective tool. But for someone who's actually got a certification on it, let's say, in short, in three minutes or less, why would you say it's so effective? There's plenty of time. (laughs) All right, so... The TRX. I would say, you know, it is a great tool, you know, a great modality within the fitness industry. Um, You can take it anywhere, you know, COVID, boom, no gym. (laughs) What's the best thing you can use? TRX, right? But it's it's your body weight, right? So it's all core all the time. Um, We think core as abs, but we forget about, um, you know, those deep, deep muscles that, you know, um, surround the joints and the tendons that a lot of times, if they're not strong enough, this is also why injuries happen, especially as people get older. So um, within sports performance, it can also be a dynamic tool because of the unstable principle, right? So if you're in a contact sport or a sport that uh, involves you, you know, using agility and, you know, going side to side, all that type of stuff, it's good for balance because of the unstable factor. But, um, you know, maybe three minutes isn't long enough. But um, <laughs> the, so the great the great thing about it, just over two minutes left, yeah, <laughs> is it literally, as they say, is it makes your body a machine. You can train strength. You can train power. You can train stability. You know, all type of facets of training. You know what I mean? That you would program for clients. Um, you can use it as a rehabilitation tool. You can, you know, use it for people that are a bit older, you know, who need less impact and more help using their core. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, works those local musculature muscles that are deeper mm-hmm. from the global musculature system area. And it's, yeah, it's, you, you feel it, you know what I mean? And that's the thing is because we don't work those as much because of, always having that stable element or environment around us, whether it's still, you know, a cable machine, dumbbells, or just machines themselves, takes you out of that element, 
you're on an unstable surface, which, yes, you use your body weight, which from there engages more of your core musculature, makes you a better person because we all know it starts from the core, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think working for UFC gym where they have a class just for it Mm -hmm. made me enjoy it more. And then seeing how it also helped my clients when you get someone with a very low training age, right, low experience, using that not only to build confidence but build them from deep, deep muscles out, mm. you know, it's good. You can see how it really helps. So I just, yeah, I'm I'm the TRX man. Mm-hmm. Would be nice to be a, a master trainer in the TRX, but I think I got to go to Sydney and – uh, pay, a, pay a course for three days, all that. What's the whole point, like, of the people saying master trainer? Like, for me, training yeah. is, uh, it's a title that I never really had for. It was attractive because people say, oh, yeah, master trainer. And then I say, how long you've been in the industry for? And they go, five years. I'm saying, yeah. The only reason I want to do this because then I could, I could teach, teach the people coach, to yeah. get qualified. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So then I can qualify people. In a sense. Fair enough. Not the master, yeah, you're right. Like you said, master, that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. You could be a master trainer, have all the knowledge in the world, doesn't make you a good coach. Oh, yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't believe there's a such thing of having all the knowledge in the world because, you know, fitness yeah. and health is a completely, exp- it's an expanding world. I used to know how, when I got out of university and actually started working as a PT, I realized I don't know fuck. They didn't know shit. And then, and then you realize how, a lot of other people still don't know anything. Yeah, that's the thing, you know, kind of when it comes to training as well, like no one really has everything absolutely now down to a T. We're just kind of going on our best guess. Yeah. That's how Um, that's the best way I always put it, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, I think another, another day for that topic on what makes people a good coach or, you know what I mean? Like you say, you're guessing or what actually coaching is about, you know? I think that's a whole other hour we can go on. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> that's the start of a series. You know, and in, in summary, yeah, like you said, you know, it's it's a bit of a guess, but it's a bit of you know what you can do and you should do, mm-hmm. but it's different for everyone else. So what may work for certain people may not, and that's not just for the workouts or the nutrition. It's mentally. It's everything for clients. And that, like I say, it's that balance of that, as you hear them say, that the art, right? There's the art of, of training and then there's also the skill. So you have to, you have the knowledge, but the art is kind of how you can relate to people and actually help them. So fair point, fair point. And is there, Keisha, is there anything you want to add to that? No, yeah, that's right. Um, I feel like with coaching, you have the knowledge and the skills. Yes. But it's also understanding that just cause maybe you just, graduated or came out or like you say from uni and think all right i know everything when really it isn't so you start seeing other coaches shift into other lanes and promising and telling clients they can do this and that when they really can't and like you say it's the experience it's you knowing and learning and when you've just come out from somewhere and think you're able to give that i feel that gives it's yeah it's that that kind of boundary where people need to be like oh wait I can't provide that, but here's somebody else I can help you. Finding that, not thinking that just because now you're certified, you're a wizard. Mm. When there's, like you say, more learning to it. Awesome. Okay, guys, so just before we finish this up, this is what I do at the end of every podcast. Uh, obviously, we've got people listening. Rap battle. 
<laughs> Sorry. I assumed. So. <laughs> I was going to say, was for the people listening now, obviously the last set podcast, I've been doing, just a little give you guys insight. I've been doing this now for well over a year. Yeah. I've done over a hundred episodes. Of those 100 episodes, I did over 30 interviews with people. So this is probably everything I ask at the everyone. Um, one thing I always tell people, you know, people should always come back on when they're available to. And this is definitely something we can do again. But let's just say for the listeners, you know, obviously I've got a whole bunch of listeners around the world. Uh, where can they, guys, where can they find you on social media? So, Vince, what's your, where can they find you? Facebook, Instagram? You can find fans. Yes. Um, <coughs> not anymore now that they changed the rules. But um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, no, you could uh, find me on Instagram, Facebook. Name's Vincent Villacano, you know. Um, What's the Instagram tag? Instagram tag. Yeah, that. Yeah, I changed it. I, I changed it too many times, so I have to wait a couple more days because Instagram, you know, you change it too much. <laughs> but it's just Vincent underscore Villacano. Okay. Like I said, Coach Vincent Villocano. Um, yeah, on Instagram, Facebook. I'm only on those. I'm starting to do some reels, you know. I got a couple <laughs> yeah. good ones. Hopping on that trend. <laughs> that's a, that's a conversation for another Try day, too. Hopping on those we reels. We have so man. many conversations <laughs> <laughs> we have to have. So we'll be – and then they have to see us, like you said, when you have the video live as well but we'll, we'll have it on a, yeah, on a screen get a exactly. screen now <laughs> or just walk through every reel yes. anyway but um but yeah no um yeah that's about it okay and vince work sorry keisha where can i find you um that's just on instagram i use that mostly and my instagram's just kishfit kishfit can yeah, you that's is it, it how do you spell that so k-i-s-h-f-i-t all small letters lovely together. and what is your impulse performance tag Impulse uh, performance coaching. Yes. That is it. Long one. Impulse performance coaching. Find it on Facebook. Same thing. We have yeah. a page. Um, but yeah, you could you could message us also individually. Mm. Lifestyle coaching. That's what we're all about. Um, yeah. So. Awesome. That is it. All right. That is a wrap. Thank you very much, guys. And one more time. Thank you. Vince Villiana. Keisha Dang Fang. Thank you, sir. And we'll see you again. <laughs> one of many. All right. That's a wrap, guys.